0: Praise the Lord everybody, this is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's whole Word And I'm so glad uh, to be with y'all here today uh, We are running a little uh, behind, we had uh, some issues yesterday And I'm sorry that we run into those things from time to time But you know life is life, and there's things you run into And you've got to deal uh, with them And so we're running a little behind, and I'm doing this podcast uh, on. Uh, Wednesday early afternoon I'm going to try to get them loaded up So that y'all can watch uh, the podcast God's Whole Word uh, uh, This afternoon And then as well we'll be uh, downloading uh, Our Wednesday night uh, service Which uh, on the first Wednesday of every month uh, We have uh, under uh, the the uh, YouTube uh, You can find it under the YouTube uh called uh, the unit preacher and uh, uh, we have our uh, sabbath service on saturday and uh, like i said that's a full service i've said that before that's a full service lots of singing and preaching and praying and, and, and all, all of those things and uh, but uh, on wednesday night uh, we uh, like to get right to the word as soon as possible so we have a limited amount of singing and and all of that and certainly we do pray uh, you can't have church without prayer. Amen. It's, uh, you know, the Bible said that God says that his house should be called a house of prayer. So, <clears throat> but on the first excuse me for that cough. On the first um, Wednesday of each month, we have what's called five, Wednesday 5555. Five, five, five. You say, well, what in the world? And uh, what that means is it's very, very short on Wednesday, on the first Wednesday of the month. And we've got five minutes of uh, praying, uh, five minutes of singing. we got five minutes of reading the Word and five minutes of preaching. Now, the last two, uh, five minutes of the Word and five minutes of preaching, there might be maybe two or three minutes of reading the Word and then seven minutes of preaching or eight minutes of preaching. Who knows how all that goes. It depends on how short the Scripture is and so on. Uh, but it will uh, uh, hopefully uh, tally out to about 20 minutes. Uh, Because, um, you know, we figure that uh, everybody can take that uh, service if you don't have time to listen to the long um, uh, services that we have sometimes, especially on the Sabbath and uh, even Wednesdays. Sometimes our Bible studies can be uh, extensive because we're trying to get the word out. And so we do want to create, uh, made up our mind to create a uh, short service on Wednesdays that everybody can uh, take a little bit of time, hopefully no more than 20 minutes. It might run a couple of minutes over folks, but uh, not much over. I tried to keep that uh, intact. And so that's what we've got going on. And that of course, like I said, is on the eunuch preacher uh, and you will find that on YouTube and you will look up the eunuch preacher. Uh, By J. J W. Brand, I don't know that you're going to find that part my name, but I will say it when you see it. But uh, uh, you look up the eunuch preacher, and that is uh, three. The three words are all in capitals. The eunuch preacher. It's all in capitals, and the and the words are separated. So you um, uh, push that in, or press it in, or whatever you call it. I don't know what the term is. I don't know what the technical talk is. But uh, you get that going on up in there and you'll find the unit preacher. All right, but uh, today uh, we're on God's whole Word, this podcast, and uh, we have endeavored to start uh, a series on talking about the things that God hates. And uh, some folks, they just don't want to hear that. They say, No God is a God of love. But I'll tell you what, you cannot know love, it is not possible. You cannot know love unless you know hate. That's not possible, because where there is hate, there where there is love, there's going to be a hate of something. Amen. You can't say that you don't like liver uh, and and say that you like something else, if, unless you know that you don't like liver. You know, some people that say, "Well, what are you talking about?" Well, you know, there a lot of folks that say. Oh, well, uh, you know, God is uh, just, uh, he's all about love. There ain't nothing else to say. There ain't nothing else to talk about because the Bible says God is love and Jesus taught to love our enemies and so on and so forth. Well, all those things are true. But what I'm saying to you is you cannot have love without knowing what hate is. And God understands that himself. Now, if it is that you don't want to hear all the word of God, well, I get that. Now, I understand that because a lot of folks don't want to hear all the word of God. They don't want to hear all the counsel of God's word. But we here at God's old word, we got a mind to give all the counsel of God's word. Hallelujah. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your mighty power.
1: We thank you, Lord, that we can call on your name. Yes, hallelujah. And we can know that you're there. Hallelujah. We know, Lord, when we call on you, Lord, hallelujah, you're going to be there for us, Lord, the moment that we call on your name, Jesus, hallelujah. And I'm glad that I know, hallelujah, ha, that when I call on you, Lord, ha, I know, Lord, you're going to hear my prayer, Lord Thank you, Jesus And so, Lord I'm asking you God to come in here today Amen And I'm asking you Lord to anoint your word And teach us Lord What things it is That your word says You hate Hallelujah that we might have An understanding Of what you don't want In our lives Lord In the name of Jesus we pray And we thank you For the answer I ask you Lord to anoint my lips That I might teach And talk And I know it's a podcast God But let your will In the name of Jesus Be done right now In Jesus name we pray Amen Hallelujah Amen Hallelujah Amen Hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, God, it's so good. I tell you what, I have church right here, right here by myself. I can have church all by myself. Y'all don't want to join. I have church by myself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, so I'm glad to be here today with y'all. All right, woo, Hallelujah. Thank you. I still feel the spirit of the Lord. Whoa, hallelujah. Feel the spirit of God moving, hallelujah, amen. In Him we move and breathe and have our being, say the Lord. Don't tell me I can't feel God, amen. There's some lying preachers out there say you can't feel God, you don't feel nothing. I tell you what, you don't feel nothing because you don't want to feel nothing. You want to talk to the preachers that tell you that and call them a liar, but I tell you what, you can feel the presence of God in Him. We move and breathe and have our being. Have you not moved and felt yourself moving? But he says, in him we move. Hallelujah. In him we move and breathe. Have you ever felt your lungs when you're breathing? And you feel that? Well, try not breathing. Hold your breath. I'll tell you what you feel your lungs after a little bit. Yes, you will. He says, in him we move and breathe and have our being." amen don't you wake up and when you get up and you go do what you got to do and 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 all the things that you uh you know get yourself all geared up to do for the day to get yourself ready for the day you tell me you can't feel nothing you tell me you can't feel anything. You can't feel yourself brushing your teeth and wrenching your mouth out. You can't feel your, yourself uh, stretching out when you pull that, mat, that bed spit over the bed to make the bed up. And, and you can't feel yourself lifting up that coffee pot, filling the pot up with water and pouring it in there. Don't tell me you can't feel things. Come on now. But the word of God says we, in him, we move and breathe and have our being. Hallelujah. I thank God. God, I can feel his presence. Now, and so we've been talking about the things that God hates, and uh, we are now camping out. Y'all know I like to use that term. And that just means we can kind of hang out for a little bit talking about something. And uh, what we are camping out, so to speak. Uh, We looked at Proverbs chapter 6. If if y'all got a mind uh, to go there, Let's see, Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to make my way there. <clears throat> chapter 6, And verses 16 through 19, it says, that, uh, these six things does the Lord hate. This is Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. These six things does the Lord Lord hate. Uh, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. So these are the seven things. Verse 17, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and verse 18, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that uh, be swift in running to mischief. In verse 19, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now, these are seven things that God hates. And then abomination unto him. And when you look at abomination, I, I've said that before. The, flat out, I mean, God, something that God hates. Makes him sick to his stomach. And I said before, these people, oh, God ain't got no stomach. Well, I'm full well knowing that God ain't got no stomach. The Bible says he's a spirit. That's what it says. He's a spirit. But it is a euphemism, or it is an artistic way of speaking. And if you haven't studied the word of God, you don't even know that that's how God talks sometimes throughout the word. Didn't Jesus say, I'm the bread of life? You think Jesus is a loaf of bread from Wonder Bread? Now you know better than that. And so it is that we look uh, at uh, the Word of God and we find that the Lord says this, uh, things that God hates. Now, when it says that these are seven things that God hates, that don't mean that this is an exhaustive list. Now, the, but these are things that are at the core heart of the Lord and He wants us to all listen and pay attention But there are some other things that God mentions in his word Amen And we're going to get to those things as time goes on But we're talking about things that God hates And the first thing that we see here is a proud look And so uh, we're endeavoring to talk about a proud look And we're going to take that apart And y'all know that we can take some time It might be a few podcasts before we get off the proud look I don't know Whatever the Lord wants to do And so we need to look at that. Now, we're going to go to Psalm, the book of Psalm, which is, uh, if you're at the book of Proverbs, if you looked up chapter 6 in the book of Proverbs, just back yourself up and go to Psalm. That's the next book, uh, you know, behind that. Uh, chapter 10. You're going to look at chapter 10, and we're going to go to verse 2. All right. Now, what the Word of God says is this. The wicked in his pride death. persevere persecute the poor. All right, and I'll say that again. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. Now, God is saying, he said, look, the wicked, uh, they persecute uh, the poor people, and we're going to look at this for a minute, uh, the poor people. Uh, some people say, oh, you mean people that don't have a good income. No, that's not all that means. Now some people, they just, because David talked about himself being poor, and uh, he was a wealthy king, but at, at one point. And so, uh, but but there is much more to that word. But it says here that the wicked uh, in his pride doth persecute the poor. You've got to get the essence of what that's saying. There, there is this spirit of pride, this attitude of pride that takes over certain people And it lists them as wicked. When you do this, you're being wicked. God, it don't matter if you call yourself a child of God. If you are going to do what it's saying here, uh, you're going to persecute the poor. uh, That is uh, your pride that's rising up. And then God's going to call you wicked. I don't care if you're in the church. Cry not. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be shouting in the prayer room all you want. But if you are one that are persecuting the poor, God says you're wicked. You need to take your wicked self out of that choir yourself. Don't wait for the pastor to find out and have to remove you and tell you you got to step down until you get that pride under control. You know, don't, don't wait till then. Let the conviction of the Holy Ghost get a hold of your soul and, and just uh, you use you, yourself, you take yourself down from that pedestal you've got yourself on. And I don't
1: care if you're a Sunday school teacher, or a Sabbath school teacher, or whatever you got going on, a choir member, or even a choir director, or even the pastor himself you got pride going on, you better look at yourself and you better take yourself to an altar of prayer and let God deal with you and let God
0: get a hold of you that you might be convicted of that spirit of pride. Because pride is destructive. It will destroy you. And so you say, well, why are you talking like that? Listen. God is going to call people to deal with certain things. And I will tell you something. In the meantime, before they get there where God has called them, I can guarantee you that God will have done something with them themselves. I've said, once I've said before, God dealt with me with my own pride. God stripped me of so many things. Things that I allowed to get a hold of my heart, a spirit of pride. And God will take you down. If you want... uh, yourself to to be used of God, if you truly do, if that's really the ultimate of your heart, you really want to be used of God, but maybe you got, uh, you know, stuck over here in this, you got your foot in the wrong place, you got your foot over there in the enemy's camp where pride is at. Huh? And God's trying to pull you back You better let him work on you. And that means that God is going to correct you. The Bible talks about that. God says, uh, you know, if you look in uh, the letters to the New Testament church, you find out that God said, look, if, if he's going to deal with you as sons, he's going to correct you. Now, sons or daughters, you know, the family of God, if you are going to say that you belong to the Lord, the Lord's going to be chastising us. He's going to be correcting us. And if we've got pride in our heart and our soul, I'm going to tell you what, God's going to deal with that. And God is going to speak to us and say, look, you need to turn around. You need to let go of that pride. Because pride, it ultimately comes from Satan himself, you see. It comes straight out of the mind of Satan himself because Satan, that's what caused him to fall. Don't you know that Satan was, you know, there's another name for him in Scripture, Lucifer. And he was the most beautiful angel in heaven. Now there's different scriptures that kind of allude to that, but I'm just uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a word on it. All right. So that's what it uh, gives this uh, illusion that that Satan or Lucifer was the most beautiful angel in heaven. It also gives idea uh, too and a, uh, a word that uh, that music was a part of him. Why do you think Satan hit this earth with all the worldly ungodly music we've got going on and even people in the church? Uh, they know more worldly songs than they do a gospel song and it ought not be amen and so you know we can't take on that spirit of pride because that comes from the devil himself. now I, I got a word for you uh, who's your daddy? Is the devil your daddy? Because if the devil's your daddy, I guess you're just going to keep on going down that spirit of, down that road where the spirit of pride is and if you are bothered, hear me now. If you're bothered by the way that I'm talking about this, and by the way that I'm speaking about pride, and and, and it's itching at you, and it's making you mad, it's making you angry, you you better watch out because you got some pride in there. You say, how dare you talk to me like that? If you're talking like that, you've got any kind of attitude anywhere near that, and you're bothered because a preacher's got on here and talking about these things, then there's a spirit of pride you're gonna have to deal with. You're going to have to face up to it. You're going to have to acknowledge it and face up to it and repent of it because it comes from the devil himself. Amen. And so, as the word says, the book of Psalms, the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Now let's look at that for a minute. So the word poor... When you look at that, you look at the translation, the Hebrew word that's used there, it means they, they are lowly or they are down and out. They're depressed. They might be weak-minded. Uh, those type of, uh, of things going on in those, those people. Now, how many of y'all ever heard uh, the term, you know, kicking a dog when he's down or something like that? I'm not sure if that's exactly how it goes, but something like that. In other words, the person—the the meaning of it is the person's already down, and then you're gonna come along, and kick them. You may not have been the one to knock them down, but because they're down, you and your pride and your—you your, know—you want to rise yourself up because you're haughty spirit, and you won't come along, and kick them, make them look like you're above them, and you're gonna behave like that. Well, God don't like that, and nor should you be one that you—you know—you see somebody that is weak in their mind. You know, they, they may be dealing with depression they may be dealing with weakness in their mind and you're going to come along and you're going to act like that you're like over them and you, you're going to come along to, to be the one that's uh, going to rule over them because you see that they've got some weakness in them now I'm not saying that people that are really really struggling emotionally doesn't need some guidance and help but the Bible is very clear that there are some because of the wickedness in their heart they are going to persecute those that are of a poor mind. Now, it could be as well be translated to mean uh, poor as in physically poor, literally, physically poor. Like, uh, you know, you ain't got a lot of money. You got to, uh, maybe you're living in just a, on the uh, side of town that a lot of people don't want to live because that's all you can afford or whatever. And there's some people that look down on folks like that. Well, that's the spirit of pride. If you if you think because you live on <clears throat> a better side of Houston, now I talk about Houston because that's in the area where I am. But if you think because you live on a better side of Houston than somebody else on the other side, and and y'all going to the same uh, place of worship, and 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 you just driving that better car, maybe you driving a Cadillac, and and, and they having to ride a bike to church, I don't know, maybe or, or taking the bus system to church, whatever. And you look down on them as if. Uh, your your education and, and all the opportunities that you had or whatever. And maybe you worked hard to get where you is. That's all right. If you worked hard where you are to get where you are, that's all fine and well. But for you to take that and look down on folks, God don't like that. And you better understand, God means what he says when he says he hates it. He's not playing. He means he hates it when he says a proud look. That is what a proud look looks like. That's one of the things that proud look looks like. And we're going, we're going to take this apart. Because we can't get to all of what the proud look looks like uh, in one podcast or even two or maybe even three. No, we, we're going to have to look at this. Because if God
1: hates it, we don't want it in our life. If you're going to be a Christian, you don't want a proud look in your life because God said he hates it. Why would you want it there in your life if God's saying he hates it?
0: Amen. And so I want to relate this story, and I'm going to be very careful because I'm not going to mention no names. But if uh, certain ones uh, in my family hear this podcast, they may figure out who I'm talking about. That may be true. But for the sake of all things and trying to keep the peace in my family, I am not going to mention names. But I'm going to tell you, I saw this in action. I saw this situation in action myself. And uh, I even spoke to the person because the Holy Ghost moved on me and said, you need to tell this person uh, such and such. And so, and you say, well, who are you to, listen, when when you get through going through what you need to go through to get where God wants you to be, then God's going to say, okay, now, just remember, you be loving and merciful and kind also because I was patient with you and long-suffering, but I helped you get through this. That's how you you have to. Now, whenever I preach and whenever I teach and I talk on the podcast and all that, some people listen to me and they say, man, he just sounds like he's just a mean old man. But I'm not a mean old man. I love people. I care about people to, to the point. I mean, I, I, I told my children one time, I said, you have no idea. I think my kids really understood. And I said, you don't know how much your daddy loves you. I said, I'd give my life for you if I had to. I said, because uh, I love you. I, I, and even though you irritate the daylights out of me, and sometimes I won't just knock you in the next week because of your foolish decisions and the things you've done. Of course, I wouldn't physically want to do that, but I'm just saying, you know it's a a, a word, a euphemism, a word. Come on. No, don't get on here and send comments to me about, oh, he's abusive. Come on now. Straighten yourself up so you can hear the word of God That's what I've been saying before People take a word that somebody says on the podcast And they run with it because they don't want to listen to what God has to say in his word Amen We're talking about a proud look Amen And that proud look gets a hold of you If you want to twist what I'm saying And then trying to turn it around Instead of focusing on what we're talking about Getting that pride out of your heart Don't you know you're going to go to hell with that? You certainly will. God don't want you to go to hell, and I'm not making no judgment on you. God's already made the judgment. God's already said it. I'm just a messenger, but God don't want you going to hell. I don't want you going to hell. You say, well, why do you care? You don't know me. Well, I may not know you, but God does, and the Holy Ghost is inside me, so why wouldn't I care, you see? And so I saw this played out in my family. So I'm going to give you some of the detail. I'm not going to give you names, but I'm going to give you some of the detail so that you can kind of relate it because it works that way. You know, when Jesus told parable, and please understand, I'm not equalizing myself to Jesus at all. My God, I would never. Lord, you know that in Jesus' name. But what I'm saying is this. Jesus, he spoke in parables a lot of times, with the things that people understood around them. Like a lot of times when you hear the Lord talking about uh, planting and gardening, you know, using uh, analogies of farming and that kind of thing, because it was the, the main th- thing that went on and people understood that. They understood those type of things if you speak in that manner, but sometimes they still, it would go over the head what he was trying to say. But he would use uh, these uh, picturesque ways of talking and, uh, you know, and even up until, um, I don't know, the, the early 20th century, m- many, many people would understand those terms because so many people did gardening and all that. Well, now you've got white-collar jobs and you've got, uh, you know, all, all types of jobs now that don't even have to do with, uh, you know, farming and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, so just understand that, Uh, when you talk about things... Now, I may not use it in in the sense of like a... uh, Well, Jesus called them parables. I'm not going to do it like a parable. I'm going to give you more of the actual things that were going on. I just don't want to be mentioning names. So that way it's not... You know, I don't want you confused as to what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you like it is. This is God's whole word. I'm just going to flat out tell it. And I told y'all when I started this podcast, sometimes I'm going to say things that are going to upset people. And I don't mean to do it to upset you, but I know it's going to because the Lord put a fire in my mouth and he said, I want you to go tell them because they need to repent of these things. They've got to turn around. And you, he, he said, I put you through. Well, I put you through for you to learn. Now go and tell them. So, And he told me not to be afraid of nobody's face, so I'm going to have to tell. So when God says this word here, all right, let's look at it again. It says that wicked in 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 pride doth persecute the poor. Now there's a word it's in italics. Now if y'all don't know what italics are, if you look at your Bible, if you got a, a King James version, but that's what I do. Uh and you'll see words that look slanted and they might be uh thinner um you know ink than what you see in the other words. You see there's a slight difference in the lettering. Well, those words were not in the original text. So you could, some of these, it's easier to understand it uh, with the writer or the translator that was translating the words from the original text to here uh, for them to add in those things. Those are not original uh, in the original text, words in the original text, but they were added in order to help us have more of an understanding of what was being said. Now, I notice that sometimes, not every time, but sometimes, it's easier to read it without it to get a full understanding. Because if you read it and you say, the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor, some some women are gonna run around and say, oh, well, I don't have to worry about it. Because it says his. Well, that word his was not in the original text. So you could read it and it would say, the wicked in pride doth persecute the poor. So that includes everybody, you see. And you say, well, why, why do they put his? Well, they're not going to sit there and say his, her, and you know, and the teenagers and whatever. And you know, uh, I'm not going to go into all of this. But God only made two genders, and so there's his and hers. And if you're a youth, you are a teenager. Of course, you either a male or you are female. So you got those things going on now. Anything other than that, what Jesus spoke about uh, in Matthew chapter 19. You find the Lord speaking about the the eunuch, and as well you see in Isaiah 56 the Lord talking about the eunuch, and then you also see in Acts chapter eight the Lord brings the eunuch into the church through the evangelist Philip, and so. But uh, in any event, you say, well, why'd you say that? I'm I'm gonna. I'm a, I'm going to put those in because if people are going to try to dominate our world with some of this nonsense that there's 75 genders and there's 100 no, there's not. No, there's not. The Bible says in the beginning God created the world, uh, created uh, male and female. That's what Jesus said. Well, he created the world, that's for sure. But Jesus, he said in the beginning God uh, created male and female. And when he brought up that, when he said those words, uh, there are Christians, now I'm going to talk to you you people who, you know, you say you're conservative. Well, I'm, I'm conservative. I'm probably more conservative than some of y'all. But, um, uh, you know, Jesus was being confronted by some, and they were trying to pin him and, you know, back him up in a corner and everything, and trying to uh, twist up what sometimes, uh, what it meant you know, as far as divorce goes, you know, how, how does that uh, play out, you know? And, and sometimes they would try to back him in a corner about those things. And then another time, he, somebody brought him, and I believe it was the Sadducees, it may have been the Pharisees, but another time they brought up this woman that had married a man and then he died and, and there was no uh, child uh, yet. So she married the next brother to be able to, that was under the Jewish law. And, uh, and still had no child, and that husband did, and go on down through seven husbands, and then they said, and then finally she died. All the husbands died. She had no children, and, uh, and she eventually died. Whose wife is she going to be in heaven? And then the Lord began to say, you know, you err in the scriptures because it's not marriage or uh, being married in heaven. And he said, you're going to be like the angels. So, you know, that's one one thing but then another thing was where where they were discussing marriage and divorce and they said can you marry can you divorce for any cause and a lot of uh, conservative Christians want to uh, kind of take this in the wrong direction because the question that is being addressed is divorce it is absolutely the thing that's being addressed and that needs to be understood and a lot of folks they misunderstand that, and then they go off into a certain direction that that uh, you know specific set of scriptures was not talking about you say well what why what has it got to do with anything what you're talking about now? well, because when I ended the podcast yesterday or not yesterday, excuse me when I ended the podcast uh, that was for friday this this last Friday. Because I was going to do the podcast on Tuesday And that things happened And I wasn't able to do that So we're doing it this evening but Or this afternoon But um, it, when I ended that podcast on Friday That we talked talking about And I was specifically zeroing in on ministers Some of them, uh, you know, false teachers And some of them, uh, not necessarily false teachers But some that are afraid to tell the whole truth And you've got to stand up you got to be counted And all that kind of thing so sometimes when I say some of the things that I say, some of them are the directed towards those that are supposed to be in leadership and doing what you're supposed to be doing, your, your job in leadership. And one of the jobs in leadership is to rightly divide the Word of God. Don't take the Word of God and twist it up to say something that it's not actually saying. And that's, that uh, chapter in verse 19, it was not expressing uh, necessarily about marriage because that was not the question it was discussing divorce. And you need to go back and look at that. And uh, and of course, it was discussing marriage because with, there's no divorce without marriage, meaning that which uh, uh, is discussed between um, people who have entered into a marital relationship. But what I'm saying is people fail to see that for what it is. Understand and look, because Jesus was talking about divorce. This is the reason why that he said what he did, you know, and, uh and explaining what he did he did bring up uh gender that there's only two genders there's male and female this was what god intended for the in the beginning and so therefore that's where we stand now i know a lot of people on the left they don't want to hear that they don't want to hear that they want to they want to think that there's 75 80 genders hundred genders with it no there's not no because see what you want to do is you want to ignore what god said you want to ignore what god said well you can't ignore what god said and Jesus came. Jesus is God come in the flesh, uh, being robed in flesh. And so the Lord is speaking through the mouth of Jesus, the Son of the Living God, in expressing and explaining to us the detail of the Word of God. And so there in Matthew 19, uh, you know, he's talking about uh, really getting down to the point about the question of divorce, because he said they said, "Well, can you divorce for any cause?" And Jesus said, no, that wasn't that way from the beginning. And and, and then there's other uh, things that the Lord says there and all that kind of thing. But when you keep reading and the Lord starts talking about the eunuch, uh, you need to look at that very carefully, what that's talking about. You need to be very, very careful. And so when I say certain things, uh, I have a mind uh, that uh, has been touched by the Holy Ghost and god has said to me because i i did not want to go and and do what god called me to do i didn't want to do it and you know and i i was i was reading the lord really got a hold of my heart today and i was reading the book of jonah which is not it's only four chapters you know and uh and i read through the whole thing and i just uh, just, just sobbed and cried that God would be so merciful and kind to me. I, I don't look at myself as being somebody that is above anybody or that I got greater knowledge than anybody else or anything else. I don't wouldn't dare speak in that manner. I, I can learn just like anybody else. But what I am going to say to you is God made it very clear, very, very clear in his word that we are to rightly divide the word of God. Do not take something and add to what God is saying. Whatever the Lord is discussing at any one point. Now, I do believe, and I've told people this, I I say to people uh, under my ministry, and I say, you know, when you study the Word of God, what you need to do is don't don't look at one verse or even just a a, even a paragraph or whatever you need to look up maybe a chapter and look down a chapter so that you can kind of get the context with what's being said and and within uh the the sandwich so to speak you know and if you do that it kind of helps you to understand so uh with that said please remember those things preachers because i'll tell you what if you just get on the bandwagon of saying whatever is popular God's going to get you. Because what that does is, that tells me you're running on pride. Because you want to do it your way. And you don't want to do it God's way. And I'm going to tell you what, you better read that word. You better get that Bible and you better sit down and you better pray to God for him to open up your eyes and your ears to understand what thus saith the word of God. Not what you think or even those that maybe you got your license through. Mm-mm. No. Because what if they've been uh, running down the road of something that's not correct and then the ones before them were doing the same thing and so on and so forth? You better sit down and you better look at that Bible and you better ask God to help you out. Amen. And so pride, I'm going to tell you, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but pride can really destroy people. It can tear people apart. The Bible makes it clear, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is something that is extremely destructive. And so you have got to repent of pride. And I'll tell you what, pride can get a hold of preachers. So when I ended that podcast on Friday uh of this last one that we did, uh you know, I I it wasn't that I wasn't going to continue in that because the Lord moved me to say, "Look, I want I, I want you to keep on talking about this." So we're going we're going to get to some word preachers. We're going to get to some more. We're going to talk about God's word. But we we want to talk to everybody as well. We don't want to just limit this to preachers and, and all that or the ministers or teachers or whatever. And so I want to tell you about this little story. So the Scripture, chapter 10 in book of Psalm and verse 2, the wicked in uh, pride doth persecute the poor. So here's the story. Uh, it is family members. And... Uh, I, I'm going to try to word this so I don't slip and say something I shouldn't say because I don't want to mention names. But in any event, these two particular ones, which are family members of mine, one of them suffers from uh, really what this is talking about here, the poor. And, and like I said, now we can divide it up. Uh, you have to apply it to what's being spoken about. Remember to rightly divide the word of God. So, if it is talking about specifically something that has to do uh, with somebody being rich and somebody being poor, uh, you know, you're going to see those things there if you look, you know, read the word of God, and you'll find that there. But if it's talking about poor in spirit, Jesus talks about that. And uh, so this particular person in my family, they have dealt with uh, some things such as that. And when you look up this word poor, it can also mean depressed, uh, you know, having a weak mind and those type of things. And so there are folks that are in the churches that are struggling with emotional issues, uh, depression and that kind of thing. And there are people now hear me and I I tell you what, we're going to have to be careful. But there are people in the churches, all right. Now, the family member is the one that proceeded to do this. But I want to stop for a minute before I go into the rest of the story, and I want to explain. Sometimes, when you've got people in your church that are in the, part, you know, considered a part of this this uh, group here, the poor, the, those who suffer with depression or or emotional problems or whatever, you've got some high and mighty ones. Y- 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 y'all know it's the truth some of you self-righteous some of you that are you holier than thou you gonna have to take a few steps down okay because some people they got this mind they say well if they come down the altar and they repented then they'll never struggle with those things you better watch your mouth you better watch your mouth because you don't know what's going to befall you one day and the book of James tells us about that. You need to be careful what you say. Don't don't be so high and mighty because you don't know what they've been through. And 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 I'm going to say this to you so you understand. Jesus, there was a point when Jesus laid hands on somebody. They was they were blind. And uh, Jesus can do anything. Hallelujah. He's got the power to overcome any any devil, every every demon, and no matter what sickness. Ha! Hallelujah. No matter what sickness, I don't care what you got going on, Jesus can take care of it. Amen. He he can do anything. Now, so this blind person come to him, and Jesus, you know, he's got the power to do, and when Jesus touched him, uh, the person's blinded eyes, they didn't immediately heal. And the person said, well, I, I can see now, but everything is, you know, it looked blurred. They looked like trees walking around you know not they couldn't make out the eye the complete clearness of eyes were not there yet and then the lord touched them again and then they were made completely whole and they were able to see fully and i absolutely one hundred percent are you hearing me one hundred percent of a certainty that jesus did that on purpose amen he did it on purpose because some of you are so self-righteous and so high and mighty in your soul. You better knock that pride out of your soul. You better get that pride prayed out of your soul. Yes, you should. Because, you know, the Lord did that on purpose. Jesus could have, mm, he could have just healed him right then and there. Yes, sir, right then and there. And you know he could have. Yes, he could. Because Jesus could do anything. He could just instantly heal that person blindness but Jesus did that in part and he did that to give us a word because you can look at some of the things that Jesus did you're supposed to you're supposed to be looking at Jesus and reading about Jesus and and studying about Jesus to know who your Savior is and your Savior if you claim to that Jesus is your Savior your Savior purposely did this for you and I to understand look he's got the power to do this So if he's got the power to do this, he's trying to explain something to us. Are you going to listen to what he's trying to explain? I ain't talking about me, but what was Jesus trying to say? And don't come up with a bunch of nonsense, neither. Because you know sometimes when people get backed in the corner, their pride, they will just will not let go of their pride. They just will not. They are so determined that they're right that they will not let go of it. And so, you know, Jesus was trying to get us to understand something. Don't come up with some foolish nonsense. Don't come up with some silly old doctrine you got going on as to why Jesus did that. No, Jesus did that for a reason. Because he wants us to understand, look, sometimes when the Lord touches us, depending on the person, depending on their situation, depending on who they are and what they've been through, sometimes Jesus may take a time, a period of time to heal that person. Sometimes it's not always going to be an instant miracle. Now, I thank God for the instant miracles. I've seen people, I've seen the Lord do that. I've actually seen the Lord open a a, a person's ear. I've watched it happen, so I know that the Lord can do that. But I also know that I've seen where God has taken some time to heal some folks, too. And so you better get yourself out of your little prideful little place you've locked yourself into if you think that you're so mighty, high and mighty with your knowledge of the word of God that you think that, uh, oh, no, uh, they just don't have enough faith. Oh, no, uh, they're, they're going to be depressed. They're going to be bad. No, 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 no. No, sometimes the Bible says the Lord comes to heal the brokenhearted. Huh? Let's say come to do a miracle on him. He said to come to heal. Sometimes healing is a process. Sometimes God can heal with a miracle, but sometimes God allows a process of healing, and it's got to be understood. Now here's the thing. All right. Now we're gonna talk about this little deal that went on, and then we're gonna talk a little bit more uh, in the First uh, excuse me, First Timothy, uh, about those that want to minister. You want to be a minister and you want to, uh, you know, whatever that is, teacher, pastor, whatever it is you got going on. Um, But anyway, so this family member, these two family members, one of them suffers, got uh, some emotional problems that they uh, deal with, uh, some some, uh, situations that can be quite severe. Uh, I've seen it with my own mother. My mother, uh, she dealt with Uh, some emotional problems that uh, you know that required some medication to help her get on through and some of you holier than now you you think God can't use those things either well I got news for you God's the one that that allowed the scientists to be born God's the one that allowed people to have knowledge to be able to put some medication together but God is also going to allow us to be limited in what we do and in the knowledge that we carry because You know, when you listen to commercials, you listen to to anything like when you get your medication, if you're not listening to commercials, some people don't have a TV. uh, You listen and you read some of the drawbacks on some medications. There's always, well, it may cause this and it may cause that. Well, you know, the Lord is saying, look, I'm going to give you some abilities and I'm going to let you be able to take care of some things with the limited knowledge I'm going to give you. But, But yours could have some... Side effects The Lord is not going You know when he does something he does it up And uh, so Because one day We are going to have a new body And and he's not There's not going to be no uh, Problems with that new body we get we're, we're not going to have no problems With that new body at all God is going to be able to give us a perfected body uh, That is going to be like the Lord's But while we're down here we, we got things we deal with and all that kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying that God can't heal somebody with emotional problem because I, sure enough, have seen, uh, I watched a, one particular sister that I've mentioned before uh, that had come up in the church where I was attending many, many years ago, Pentecostal church, and, and God touched her. She had lost all three of her children due to her emotional problems and that kind of thing, and her parents took her children. And uh, she got invited to the church. She came down to the altar, got prayed for, and was baptized with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. And, and as time went on, the Lord just really began to work a work of healing in her. And you could see an absolute change come over her life, and she was able to become stable emotionally in that. And the Lord blessed her. She was able to get her three children back. God blessed her with a brother in the church. Uh, they got married and they had a child of their own and uh, it was just a beautiful thing that God did and I know so I know from what I've seen that God can do those things he certainly can uh, work those things out but there's some folks uh, that may struggle uh, deeper than others and and some of them may have had uh, things going on with them that you don't know about maybe uh, and you're not privy to it because maybe you're not their spiritual counselor or whatever the case may be So you've got to be very careful about what you say So that you don't allow this spirit of pride to get a hold you where you start talking down to people and, and uh, just because they they may be in a position of being uh, you know in a less of a, a clearer frame of mind than you might be and that tends to sometimes cause some folks to, to rise up in pride and say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come along and help you out because I've got uh, clear mind," and you let pride pride starts getting hold of you. You got to be careful. You got to keep yourself humble before the Lord. And so, this particular person in my family, they were really struggling and they were having a hard time uh, with their emotions and and I don't want to go into the detail of that because that uh, could create some problems. So I'm not going to go into the absolute detail of that, but I'm just going to say there was some pretty severe emotional problems that were going on with this one particular person in my family. And then this other particular person in my family, because they are not uh, struggling particularly with that sp- Uh, problem emotional problem I'm really trying to be careful here Uh, emotional problem Uh, they came along because they were closer to this person um, family wise and they began to um, they had went out uh, to somewhere to eat and uh, there were other people around and one thing led to another And this particular person that was uh, poor in spirit, they were struggling, they had had some emotional issues, and this person capped on that because they carry a spirit of pride. They've got a spirit of pride. And it is very evident in a lot of other things. And they begin to berate this person. Now, they won't admit that that's what they were doing, but that is what they were doing. And uh, it was embarrassing to that person Uh, and other people just stood around watching and didn't know what to say. Now, I uh, was not there at that moment, but uh, was told of the situation by two different people that had the same word and explained exactly, uh, pretty much to the T, both of them said the same thing, so I knew that the truth had been told. And uh, you know the Bible says two or three witnesses. And of course, you know if there's holes in what's being said, and somebody else saying something different, then you kind of got to back up and wait till you get enough information. But um, it, it was pretty pretty clear that this was what went on. And I have myself, if uh, talked to this person before, and can see uh, these things about this person and, and their their struggle with dealing with pride. And certainly, uh, just as the Bible says, pride will. Cause destruction. I've seen that in that person's life. So, uh, long story short, uh, it it really created a problem and caused everyone around to be very uncomfortable because this person uh, they began to really persecute this person. And you say, "Well, what do you mean?" Well, when you begin to embarrass people, and you are in a public arena, and there's other people around, and you're trying to make yourself look like well, I know how to take care of the situation and I'll tell them how it needs to be and so on. You you need to be very careful with yourself. And if the person that's in my family is listening to this podcast, I'm going to say something to you. I did not mention your name, but you know who you are and you know what you did. And you're going to have to make it right with that person. You're going to have to ask them to forgive you because you treated them uh, like they were beneath you. And that is a type of persecution. You cannot do that. And so with that said, what I want to do, I want—I don't want to be on this podcast uh, for more than an hour today uh, because we have uh, Wednesday night 5555. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study on. So I want to uh, get done here so we can uh, get on with that because I've got some things i got to get ready and prepared for that. So I would like you to go to First Timothy if you would, 1 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 6. And it says, uh, now, well, we're going to have to really go up to verse 1 to get the idea of what's being said. So the the essence of what is going on, the Apostle Paul, he's in prison, and he's in prison for preaching Christ, and so on and so forth. Now, Timothy, uh, he is basically what Paul has identified as his spiritual son. He's helped him to grow in the Lord and all that and teach him the ways of the Lord. Timothy grew up uh, with his Jewish mother and grandmother because Timothy was uh, a half Greek half Jew. His mother was Jewish and his father was Greek. So he had uh, a mixture. He was a mixed race. and um, But Timothy had been taught by his... Mother and grandmother all about the Jewish um, teachings of the Word of God and, and all the prophecies of the uh, you know the the Messiah that was to come and all of those things and they accepted uh, the Lord and uh, knowing from all that he had been taught and understood that, but he understood that from a young age because his his mother and grandmother taught him. It doesn't mention about his father, so we can just uh, assume that uh, maybe his father was out of the picture. I don't know exactly because uh, that doesn't really give a word of that, but we do know that his father was was a Greek. Now, so uh, so Timothy's been taught from a very, very young age by his mom and his grandma, and they've instilled the word of God in him, and he's grown to be a Christian, even at a very young age, is knowing the Lord and all of that. And then the Apostle Paul comes and kind of takes over that position as a father. That's what gives us the idea that the father was not in the picture because the Apostle Paul begins to say that he's his son, you know, calling him by that and taking him under his wing like he is his, his son. And uh, uh, he begins to uh, really help uh, Timothy go from all that he learned from his mom and the grandma uh, and then take that and begin to work with him uh, to apply those things that need to be applied to teach him how to be a minister in God's work because the Apostle Paul could see something in Timothy that he could be a leader. Now here's the thing. Timothy was a, kind of a timid person, believe it or not. But The Apostle Paul saw something in him that uh, was going to give him the ability to be a leader uh, among the people, even though he was young. Because the thing of it is, he had been learning about the Lord from a very young age. And so now that he's still young in age, you know, he's still young in age, people begin to look at him like, oh, you're just too young to know anything. But he had been learning from a young child his grandma grandma and grandma and mama had taught him and then the apostle Paul taught him as well as he came along to to mentor, mentor him and and kind of uh, help encourage him to to become a minister in the you know minister of the gospel and uh, so you know people would look at him and say oh you you you're just such a new thing you you so young you don't know nothing and yet he knew more than some of these newer converts that were maybe way older than him because, you know, just because you are 80 years old and you get saved don't mean that you're 80 years old in the Lord. Because I, I've seen somebody that was 89 years old and got baptized in Jesus' name. I literally saw it with my own eyes. I watched the baptism. And uh, it took him a while to get him down in the water. But he was a new convert. He was a baby in the Lord even though he was 89 years old. And so that don't mean that he had all wisdom from the word of the Lord uh, because he's lived for 89 years. Well, no, he wasn't living for the Lord for 89 years. And here he came to know the Lord. Now, so, but Timothy's got the, the opposite going on because he started learning about the Lord early. And then he's still young as he's being placed by the Apostle Paul because the Apostle Paul is in jail and he's now he's going to put Timothy in these positions here to, to be a, a leader. Uh, in the church, and so when we look at first, uh, you, now we're going to talk about the ministers now. So uh, you, you, you know, first Timothy, second Timothy, Titus, those we know is known as like the. Uh, Pastoral epistles, okay In other words, it's some teaching for the Pastors, or the leaders, the teachers And those kind of things, and so That's where we're coming from when we read This, and this is basically in chapter 3 Is the qualifications for church Leaders, and so starting with Verse 1 in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy It says, this is a true saying Ain't gonna lie about it, if a man Desire the office of a bishop Now a bishop can be a pastor Can be an overseer, can be uh, you know, some type of leader in the church, uh, and I know a lot of different denominations, they've got ideas about the word bishop and that kind of thing. But really, it's a spiritual leader and guide. It could be a pastor, it could be uh, something similar to that could even be a pastor of pastors and so on and so forth. All right, so it says, uh, if he he desires the good work. He said, this, this is a good work. If you feel that this is where God is leading, that's a good work. In verse two, it says, a bishop, he said, but now I want you to understand what it is that if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be a leader or whatever. So he's telling Timothy, he says, I'm going to give you this. And he writes all this stuff out. And now Timothy's going to have to turn around and tell everybody uh, in the church that he's pastoring because Timothy was placed over uh, the church church in Ephesus at one point, and uh, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's got some opposition, because some folks, they say, well, I'm older than you. Well, so what? You're not older in the Lord because Timothy's older in the Lord because he's learned from a young age and he's been knowing Scripture for a long time. And you're you kind of a new convert. You just because you might be twice his age don't mean nothing because you may not know as much of the Word of God as Timothy does. So Timothy is being instructed by the Apostle Paul to give him a word about the qualifications of church leader. And he said the bishop must be blameless. You got to be blameless. And we'll talk about that another time. The husband of one wife, in other words, you know, there was still polygamy going on. You can't be involved in that. And why, you know, why, why that said? Because the culture was absolutely drenched with polygamy and so you know they got to start somewhere you say well they should have just wiped it out well see there goes that ignorance you couldn't just go and wipe something out like that when it was part of the whole entire culture that you were in and so you had to start somewhere so in the church the thing that was instructed to do was the leaders are going to have to be the examples to other to follow those leaders so you got to be a bishop of one wife. you you can't be having multiple wives And you got to be vigilant. Vigilant. You got to pay attention to your surroundings. What's going on? You got to understand what you see is going on. You know, some some ministers and bishops. You don't even know what's going on in your church, and 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 you because you're too busy trying to uh, drum up some kind of foolish little program that don't have nothing to do with the Lord. Now I ain't got a problem with programs. Okay, but sometimes programs take away from the thing we're supposed to be doing and that's preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified and teaching people how to live for God. And uh, so you got to be vigilant. You got to see if you're not vigilant, how to, if you're not going to be vigilant, villi- villi- all right, if you're not going to do that, you ain't going to know when the devil steps up in the church and somebody's, you know, I'm talking about a human being, but the devil going to use them and you don't even know that they're there because you ain't paying attention. You gotta pay attention to these things. And then it says be sober. Well you gotta be sober so you can be vigilant. And uh so you know any any pastor, any preacher uh, think you can sit there and suck on the suds and and, and all that, nah, I'll just have a couple of beer. No, uh uh-uh. uh no, you gotta be sober, you gotta be vigilant and be of good behavior. All right? You 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 can't just you cannot be a minister and be behaving in an ill gotten manner. And then it says, uh, "Given to hospitality." You can't be somebody that don't you don't never want to talk to nobody. That don't work and it says apt to teach. Now there's more about hospitality. We'll talk about that in another time. Be apt to teach. In other words, you you want to you you're given to do that. And then verse three, not given to wine. Amen. Hallelujah. Not a striker. You're not the really one to want to be fighting. Not a gre- greedy, a filthy liquor. You're not doing this to try to gain money and trying to make a big old income out of yourself like some people up in Houston that's uh, driving around a three hundred thousand dollar sports car. Uh, and and uh, but, but you're patient and you're not a brawler. you don't go out uh, you know stirring up things in the streets and trying to create a bunch of nonsense and, and, and not covetous. you know you oh, that pastor over there, he's got the most beautiful Cadillac. I won't give me a Cadillac no, no. Yeah, you better watch out. And then verse four, one that ruleth his, uh, well his own house, you know you got to take care of your family, having his children in subjection with all gravity. And this says in verse 5, and it goes together with verse 4, For if a man know not how to rule his own house, and shall, uh, how shall he take care of the church of God? So, uh, you know, when you <coughs> look at the essence of what's being said when you study it, you will find out that it's it's really about taking care of your family and, and those type of things too. All right, so uh, you got to be able to take care of your family. And, and you can't get so lost in your ministry, folks, listen, You you won't be a minister? You can't get so lost in your ministry because pride can get a hold of you with that. It really can. Well, I'm too busy working for the Lord that I ain't got time to deal with this and that in my family. Then you know what? You better go do something else because you're going to have to be able to balance this out. And if you can't do that, you need to step aside. And uh, then it says in verse 6, and this is what we're going to focus on, not a novice, all right? Now, that word novice means they're not a new convert and they're not a young convert. They're two different things. One, they are not a new convert. Okay, that means somebody that's just come to the Lord. They may say, oh, I know I'm called. Do you know, several months after God baptized me, the Holy Ghost, God called me to preach. Now, the difference between me and somebody else maybe, I was scared to death when the Lord told me. Because I was extremely timid. I was very, very, I mean, I was so shy, it was not even funny. You would not hear me even doing what I'm doing right now. That would not be. You wouldn't hear me getting in front of people and preaching or singing. No, that would never happen back then. Because I was just scared to death. And when the Lord told me that he called me to preach, I argued with him. And I said, Lord, I can't. I said, I can't do that, Lord. I cannot do that. I can't do that. I'm too scared. And the Lord said, I'm going to help you out but I have called you to preach. Now, from that moment on, it took the Lord many, many years working on me and all of that kind of thing. But they can't be a novice. They can't be a new convert and they can't even be a young convert because a novice even means a young convert. You can't have somebody that's only been serving the Lord for six months to go taking over a, a church and pastor a church. That's going to be disastrous. Even somebody that's maybe only been serving the Lord a year. That's going to be disastrous. They do not have enough under their belt, so to speak, with experience on how to pastor a church. That's going to be absolutely disastrous. And when you got people that, you know, churches that are so desperate for workers and all that kind of thing, you you know, they make the mistake of putting somebody in a position that they don't have any experience to do so. And look what it says will happen. It says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride. He fall into the condemnation of the devil. Okay, so if you allow young converts or new converts, listen to me now, those that you've got ministry ministries and and maybe you're you're maybe you're really struggling. All right. Maybe you're growing really fast. Maybe that's it. And you want to you want to take somebody that's just got a fire in them. But then they're only new converts. You you still gonna have to use wisdom here, because the thing of it is they're gonna have to learn some things. Don't you know that it's gonna take some uh, things that they deal with some some things that happen in their life that's gonna help them to learn how to because you can't just go ripping people to pieces. Now some people say, well, what about you? You know, you get on this podcast, boy, you just tear into. I, I can preach. Up one side and down the other—that's true. But if you—but you but you've got to understand when you get down from, you know, God puts you in a place and He puts a word in your mouth and He, you know, pre—put the word in your mouth to preach. And that it says preaching can do something that nothing else can do. So God can reach them to bring them in and and try to or get them to turn from backsliding or whatever. But when you step into that position as a pastor, which is really a shepherd. You've got to be careful how you deal with the sheep. You've got to be loving, and you've got to be caring and concerned. And you're going to have to uh, stop and be patient and not just be quick to give a word because you, sometimes you got to listen because you're not sure where, where they're coming from. And that's why I said what I did about the family member, what happened. You know, now that person, is they backslidden. and they need, need to get right with God. So... Uh, that pride has gotten a hold of that person and they were beginning to deal with that other person uh, trying to make themselves look uh, that they were, oh, it's going to take me, I can do this, I can speak to this person and I can get through to them. And this It's just a prideful attitude that that person needs to repent of and get right. But um, in any event, you you got to, uh, you know, somebody that's going to be put in a position of leadership they're gonna to have to have some experience behind it. They're, you know, you you cannot expect somebody to be a minister and them not having no losses. Did you hear what I said? I'm I'm, I'm I know people don't want to hear that, but the bottom line is you're gonna you're gonna have to have some loss. Don't you know? It took the Lord. You say, well, it ain't all about you. I'm not meaning that it's about me, but I'm trying to get you to understand something. God, I've seen God do this many times, not just myself, with other folk too. But it took the Lord many, several decades. Are you hearing me? Several decades to get me where I was. I had to go through so many losses and so much pain and suffering and all that. And you say, well, I, I don't want to have to go through no pain and suffering. Then you don't want to be no no spiritual leader. Oh no, you don't, because if, if you're going to be a spiritual leader, you better understand God's going to put you through the ringer. Not to be mean, but we got to be tested, and and it's not easy. But it, the reason is because you put somebody that's a new convert or somebody that's a, even a young convert, pride can get a hold of, them. the devil can get a hold of their heart, and you don't want that happening. And that and God says a proud look, He hates. He don't want somebody, and he's already given us an instruction not to put new converts or young converts in that position because the devil could come along with the spirit of pride and destroy them. So you're going to cause it yourself. You need to, even if they want to move ahead, you got to tell them, no, you need to to take your time. You have to take your time. You, You can't just jump from this to this. No, it's going to take some time, and it's going to take some learning, and it's going to take even some losses. You're you going to have to know what it's like to lose so that when you pastor people and they lose, you can have a compassion because you know what it feels like. Amen. And so with that said, i want to end this podcast. I have one a few minutes over. I'm a little over an hour. But uh, we want to continue on with this word about pride because uh, pride is it's destructive. It's dangerous. Uh, and we've got to be very, very careful about it. And so with that said... Uh, may the Lord help y'all and bless you and keep you and anybody that is uh, a minister and maybe you got up and coming ministers under you you're trying to train them and trying to teach them please understand that word novice it means a new convert or even a young convert don't think because they've been serving the Lord for a year that they're ready to roll they might need several years under their uh, spiritual belt so to speak to prepare them Because you are going to cause possibly this spirit of the devil to come and and, and pride to rise up in their heart, Uh, you know. Because once the devil sees pride rise up in their heart, don't you know what does it say? He comes. What does he do? He he seeks whom he may devour. He he's he's like he's like that. You know. Have you ever watched on the nature channel where those? Those lions and the tiger, and they seeking after their prey. And men, they scoop down and they looking and they are watching, and and then they take off after them at that precise moment that they see ready to pounce, that they can pounce on on their victim. And uh, this is what the devil's doing. So I, I know that you may, uh, you know, and maybe yourself, maybe you were put in a position of leadership too quick. Maybe you were and uh, that's created a lot of problems for you well that experience in and of itself if you've been able to bear through it and you've been able to come out on the other side in a a way you can't say that you haven't dealt with some things that you understand what the scripture means by that because certainly anybody that's put in a position uh, too quickly it can cause pride to rise up and then here comes the devil and the devil going to destroy them and you don't want that to happen. Because what happens when, when things like that happen, then people point and they just keep pointing. Oh, look, see those Christians. See, that's what happens to them. And they, Well, you shouldn't have allowed that to take place because pride is a very destructive thing. So with that said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And until we meet again, God bless you. May He keep you until Jesus comes. I'll tell you what, I'm so excited about the Lord coming. I'm so excited about seeing the Lord one day and seeing His face. It's a wonderful thing to hope for but certainly we've got a work to do folks as long as the lord keeps the church on earth we got a work to do so let's be about our father's business god bless you may keep you amen and amen